0: welcome to the fearless health podcast with host dr Anne marie barter dr barter is on a mission to help people achieve their health and wellness goals and help men and women live their best lives fearlessly dr barter is the founder of alternative family medicine and chiropractic in denver and longmont colorado Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Fearless Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And today, by the end of this video, I want you to have some usable, actionable steps to address hair loss in women. Hair loss in women is a very common problem. It is so frustrating. You cannot get involved with our vanity. Unfortunately, this is not, a com- this is not an easy problem. It's actually a complex problem. One, I wish I could just give you a simple answer, but it's just not like one thing completely fixes the problem. It's gonna take a little bit of detective work. So, the physiology of hair growth is that it slows down in your 40s, yikes! And guess what? Hair loss is a normal part of aging. (sighs) Some things we need to consider for hair loss in women is that it can be due to a hormone imbalance something called high androgen hormones in women. This is why hair loss is actually more prevalent in men because they have more androgenic hormones. So I think it's really, really important to get those hormones checked. Nutrition deficiencies, hypothyroid or low functioning thyroid, food sensitivity, We actually have increasing evidence suggesting that those who have anti-gliadin antibodies have a higher likelihood of having hair loss. Okay, that can be more of a gluten/slash wheat sensitivity. So let's look at this. Hormone imbalances of women that have too much androgen-related hormones. Okay, so we're gonna take this step by step. Okay, we wanna make sure that we can help. Causes related to inflammation. One thing that helps to really get a pulse on is your blood sugar. What does your blood sugar look like? Because if your blood sugar increases, then women are likely to produce more androgen related hormones as a result. Okay. And one example of this is something called PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome slash disease. So how do we know if you're androgen dominant, right? So that's what the meat of this gets down to. It is important to have labs to see what your hormone levels look like. Blood work for glucose, and I like to use Dutch testing for hormones, okay? So why I like Dutch testing versus saliva testing. Um, It's more comprehensive when measuring the cortisol levels. We're not only able to see what's happening with the circulating free hormones, but also what is going on in the brain. This is called the HPA axis. And this gives us a fuller picture of what's going on with your cortisol status to check both free and metabolized cortisol, okay? Checking both of these helps us to minimize mistakes when we're looking at your lab work. So we can tell if they're high or low. Likewise, with sex hormones, measuring estrogen and androgen metabolites gives us an actual fuller picture and a more clinical diagnosis of hormone imbalances and hormone replacement therapy monitoring. This checks everything, not only the hormones, but the precursors to these hormones, okay? So we also look at Dutch versus serum testing, okay? Serum is like a blood draw, okay? Serum is actually the universally accepted method, but in adrenal hormones, we cannot effectively test serum because of free cortisol. We can't really test it throughout the day, right? So it's just one snapshot in time. And so that doesn't help us when we're looking above the hormones, which is cortisol, when we're looking above, you know, the androgen producing hormones, okay? Dutch versus a 24-hour urine draw, testing is really hard to have compliance to carry a urine jug around, okay? Other things that can cause hair loss is certain drugs, like anti-inflammatories, antidepressants, antibiotics, ulcer meds, statins, chemo drugs, heart medication, this list is not comprehensive, but these are very, very common ones that a lot of folks use and they haven't correlated that when they started on a particular pharmaceutical, their hair loss started. Another thing is nutritional deficiencies are a very, very common cause of hair loss, okay? You need to figure out why you are nutritionally deficient. Okay, And you should ideally be getting nutrition from the food that you're eating as long as your diet is reasonable. But, but, and it's a big but, a lot of people have absorption issues in the gut. So they may not be absorbing that wonderful healthy food that they're eating. Did you know that pathogens in your gut thrive off of the food that you're eating? So generally it's a good idea to run a stool panel. And we want your medicine to be your food, right? And so we know that if we can fix what's going on in your gut, you can actually absorb these things that are needed, okay? But common vitamin deficiencies with hair loss, and I want to also preface, this list is not comprehensive, but these are a lot of the common things, zinc, EFAs, aka fish oil, vitamin A, iron. I get time and time again. Should I take this supplement, that supplement, magnesium, blah 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 blah? My flatline answer is, let's check your levels because a lot of times it is not safe to just willy-nilly take supplements because you heard it's good for X, Y, Z. Especially something like iron, you always need an iron test before going on iron. Iron is actually a metal, okay, and it's very important to have normal levels in your body, right? Um, but We can have excess iron that causes a lot of problems and a lot of inflammation that can lead to oxidative stress. Like any other heavy metal, add in cadmium, plutonium, etc. So it is so important to see what iron levels are before you start on a course of iron supplementation. Okay, so please do not guess, instead, use testing to really determine where your nutrient levels are and um, what we can figure out to move forward with those nutrient levels. Another issue that can be going on that can cause hair loss is hypothyroid. Okay, And the thyroid is a hormone regulator that is going to affect the development of hair at the root. It plays an important role in skin homostasis, and in the thyroid patients, the skin, the epidermis, is thin. So it shows us that the thyroid gland regulates both the skin and hair proliferation, and in hypothyroid patients, the epidermis is almost always thin, which can develop into an alopecia, aka hair loss, okay? So just get your entire thyroid panel checked. The next thing that can cause problems is celiac disease because the antibodies to gluten can react and cause an attack on the hair. And people have a couple options. They can change their diet and they can see if they improve. But I really think it's important with your current diet to run the labs to actually figure out if you're celiac or not. The reason for this is because you need to determine how careful you need to be. Are you actually, do you actually have celiac disease? Or are you just more gluten sensitive? Those make a difference in your overall lifestyle because if you're celiac, foods can't be prepped in the same kitchen as they are with gluten. And so I think there's just a lot of advice out there to go gluten free, but I think it's best to test to really see where your levels are. So Thank you so much for watching us here today. That kind of sums it up for hair loss. I hope that gives you some ideas on where to start and how to move forward. We look forward to seeing you in the next video. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed learning with us today, please give us a five-star review, comment, like, and share our podcast with your friends and family. As always. If you'd like to learn more information about today's guest, please head over to fearlesshealthpodcast.com for links to their site and other educational resources.